What is going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk. I am your host, Andrew Wright, and over in his bedroom is my awesome co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody? Hey, everybody. What is going on? We're so thankful you guys are listening. Can't wait for you guys to hear this episode, so stay right there. Don't move. Don't touch that dial, and uh, here it is. Let's get it. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, It is another week of Drew Code. I have had an exhausting week, uh, specifically the last two days, but uh, it's been well worth it for sure. Uh, My son has been born. He was born June 20th. So we're really excited and we are working on, well, I got some sleep last night. I'm not going to complain. My wife is staring at me right now, so <laughs> I'll complain about it later. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it was it was a crazy weekend, but uh, we are glad that we are finally home and I still get to do this. So, uh, But uh, I just wanted to say happy birthday to my son, Cam, and uh, just wanted to say that <laughs> Maya's already crying. Um, <laughs> but uh, Cody... I you, we all know what I did this weekend, but uh, how are you, man? What what were you doing this weekend? I'm doing good. Uh, we my wife and I we took the kids out of town for her birthday it was on Sunday. Um, we were really hoping that Cam would hold on just you know 30 more minutes so that way he'd be born on the other side of midnight. Uh, so that way him and Abby could share a birthday. We would have thought that'd have been a lot of fun, but honestly, <laughs> we were just hanging out up there and stalking your guys's. Uh, you know, Instagram texting you guys. Cause you know, you guys let us know that, uh, Jess was ready and headed over to the hospital. So it was, uh, it was a good weekend overall. Um, a hot one for sure though, but, uh, got to celebrate uh, my wife's birthday and also had a little father's day like dinner at my in-laws. So it was good, man. And no better father's day for you than have your son born right beforehand. So I just thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, I definitely got a lot of messages about that. They're like, "Oh, that's a great Father's Day gift," and I was like, "Yep, mm-hmm. definitely was." So uh, I'm really really happy that he's here. Um, you know, you guys were saying you were kind of hoping that you know he would stay in there for 30 minutes. I can yeah. tell for sure my wife was not willing to do that. So. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, my wife she she did an amazing job. Um, she took it like a champ. I mean, I know she was in pain. I mean, I I never left her side. I mean, we couldn't, I couldn't leave the, the room if I wanted to. So, um, you know, I know she was in pain and then, uh, she asked for the drugs and she got the drugs and she was flying high. feeling good. <laughs> we were talking about what we were going to order after, after cam came and, uh-huh. uh, and then all of a sudden the doctor came in and said, Oh, you're nine and a half centimeters. We're going to set up. So she was like, oh, okay, I guess. You know? I feel fine, though. I don't know. I can sleep right now. <laughs> and I am not joking. I Yes, this is going to be a brag, but my wife literally, and this is not a figure of speech, she literally pushed for three exact minutes, and that was it. Wow. That's awesome. So he was ready to come out right away. So it was it was really cool. But she was a champ. She was Luckily, it wasn't as long as our first kid, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, it was still pretty long. We were, she went, she was in labor for 13 hours and then he came. So that's awesome. Uh, but we were excited. So, yeah. And he's been, 
he's been really good. Um, he's not super fussy. He does get a little fussy. I mean, you song just before we started this and he's getting fussy, but uh, really it's only when he's hungry. So mm-hmm. <laughs> like his old man, just all the time. Yeah. Just angry, hangry all the time. <laughs> that's awesome man well congrats again and such a great father's day gift for all you dads listening out there too happy father's day if we didn't get a chance to shout you guys out on sunday so hopefully everyone enjoyed it and hopefully their kids got to spoil them by giving them mismatching ties and socks so hopefully you guys enjoyed your day though (laughs) yes and happy birthday to mrs johnson Uh, i know you guys went and got to go a little little place for a while and that was nice i know you guys wanted to get out so yeah um you know, I'm glad you got to do that. So anyway, enough of all that. Um, let's get into uh, sports, which is, you know, why it's called Drew Code Sports Talk. <laughs> Wait, this isn't a mo- this isn't time to talk about our feelings? The- no, Am that's two-faced. Oh, okay. That's two-faced, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, this week we are excited because we get to talk about the NFC West. Uh, we are in the home stretch. We have the NFC West this week. Next week is the AFC West, and uh, then we are completely done. So, man, we've been going strong at this, and this has been really fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Cody. I, I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, no, it's been great to be able to kind of dive into each team and kind of look at each team's schedule. And really, like with the draft, the free agency, um, you know, either new coaching changes or whatever that they've been going through, even during this whole pandemic and the off season it's been really interesting to see and to guess on what we think teams are going to do and you know um what teams we think are going to significantly improve or ones that we think are going to just go back into the dark ages so it's been really fun to go go team for team division by division it's definitely different i don't know what we're going to do afterwards i guess cuz uh, i think most major sports are going to be coming back in a few weeks so i think we will be on the on the right track to be talking about actual sporting events that have happened. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, Major league baseball and the players association finally accepted uh, the 60 game regular season proposal by the MLB. Um, and it looks like they're trying to start basically a whole month from now. And July 1st is when they can actually go to the facilities and start training. So that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, I feel optimistic, but I also, this is with basketball, baseball, and football. I mean, we just, we have no clue if there's going to be like an upswing at all, or if there's going to be a big upswing, or if it's going to be little, but, um, you know, it's going to be interesting how these teams are going to handle, you know, let's say if one player gets it, okay, that's one thing, Mm -hmm. but like if it happens like, you know, with the Utah Jazz, where the Utah Jazz, I mean, almost the whole team was infected. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, if that's going to be the case, it's going to be interesting to see because especially in the basketball, they're trying to finish a season. Mm-hmm. So if like a team, let's say the Blazers, and all of a sudden Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum get COVID, I mean, that's the season. And it's yep. kind of like, well, we don't really know. And, you know, I guess you could say, well, you could just say that it was injury, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like if someone got an injury. Yeah, but if like five of your players get injured, that's not really a fluke. That's just kind yeah. of like uh, a horrible, horrible thing. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see how all this plays out. I hope 
we don't have to see it. I hope what happens is maybe one or two guys, well, I hope no one gets it, but Mm -hmm. you know, maybe one or two guys get it and um, you know, it doesn't really affect it a lot, but uh, who knows, you know, it's, it's going to be definitely interesting to see because I know, uh, I can't think of the sport right now, but they had a, there was a sport that had to shut down it because they restarted and um, too many people were getting it. So they had to close it down again. So I think that was tennis. I think, um, I think it maybe. was the U S open cause uh, uh, Novacek, I think got tested positive just this week. Um, but I, I know that there is a, there is, there was, well, I know that college football, they've gotten a lot of, a lot of players in a lot of their facilities mm-hmm. have been tested positive. Like I think the university of yeah. Texas had like 15 people. Clemson I think, had like 23. Yeah. And what's difficult too is um, the NBA is going to be in the uh, uh, worldwide of ESPN's Florida resort. Basically um, Florida is seeing like record high in cases like every day. And the NBA is supposed yeah. to be starting up at the end of July. So I don't know there. if that's a good, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's a good sign to just, I guess, a lot of people are going to get it. So that means when two weeks is up and the majority of the people have been quarantined and healthy, I guess that means that they're out of the, the, um, the woods, but I mean, it doesn't look good that they're toppling record highs leading into, you know, the NBA restart, you know what I mean? And with all these players in this bubble, like now, like you got to worry about outside people and it's, it's, it's interesting, man. We'll see. I I'm, I'm hoping that it kicks off, but I have a feeling that the NBA is going to delay it for like another week to a month just because of these numbers and i think a lot more players are going to opt out a lot of a lot of marquee names are going to opt out and it's going to end up being such a such a marquee game to where a lot of the the major all-stars are not going to want to participate because the record highs and you know for long-term yeah. safety so i'm hoping that's not the case but again safety first so we'll see yeah i i I mean, it's a, it's a real question that I've asked myself. I mean, if I were in the situation where, you know, I played a sport and they wanted me to come back, I mean, would I, and, Mm -hmm. you know, especially right now in a time where I, you know, my son was just born, uh, he's gotten like two shots. I mean, he doesn't have everything and, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't know what it does to infants. I mean, I would, I would be a hundred percent no right now. And it's just, that sucks because I love sport. Like it kills me right now that, you know, I haven't been uh, going to the gym or um, being able to go play basketball with, um, you know, some of the guys that I go play basketball with and, um, you know, and it's not even my job. So mm-hmm. I mean, with these guys who are trying to make a living, I mean, I don't know, that, that must be a very hard decision, but uh, yeah. you know, hopefully they, they make the right decision and we'll see. Hopefully everyone is safe. But uh, you know, yeah, for sure. Who knows? All right. Well, uh, enough of that. <laughs> we got a little political. Sorry, I don't know if you can hear my son. He's not happy right now. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm just going to act like I don't hear it. <laughs> um, but Cody, uh, we are in the NFC West. Uh, this is a division that I am very high on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you are high on as well. Yeah. Uh, I think we have a couple of differences when it comes to uh, record wise, but for the most part, I think we know that this is this and probably the AFC West, in my opinion, are going to be one of the more, um, and I, I guess the AFC North too, uh, mm-hmm. but 
this is going to be one of the more competitive uh, divisions. So yeah, uh, I'm excited to talk about this. So Cody, uh, who let's go into it. Who is your number fourth team and what is the record and why? So for the fourth place team I have in the NFC West division is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. I have them finishing the season at, at seven and nine. So they're just a game below 500. A lot of the reasons why I have this team a little bit lower than I think that you have, you're a lot higher on them than I am, of course. And I think that's been kind of the underlining theme whenever we talk about teams that have to play the Rams. But uh, the things that factor in for me is they're going to have a brand new uh, defensive coordinator, a brand new offensive coordinator, and a brand new special teams coordinator. So all the primary coaches are basically brand new other than uh, Sean McVay, who's it's going to be his third year with this team. Um, a lot of the things that I'm factoring in also, too, is Gurley is no longer with the team. They basically cut mm-hmm. him due to injury, which is understandable. But, you know, the Falcons are basically taking a huge flyer on him. And, you know, just like what we talked about when we did the uh, NFC uh, South is that he had a uh, physical where he basically was cleared his knees fine and and all that stuff. So now we're wondering, is Gurley going to go back to old or, you know, is he going to be injury riddled? So we'll see. Yeah. But um. They did draft Cam Akers out of Florida State in the second round to replace him. So uh, Akers is more of an undersized back. He's uh, more of a shifty. I would say his comp is about Darren Sproles. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll see how he does, especially in that uh, offense where McVay likes to throw it and use the back to kind of allude to, you know, to kind of uh, keep the defense on their toes and, you know, basically challenge the linebackers. So we'll see how that goes. They did also draft Van Jefferson, who is supposed to be a – like a taller version to like a uh, like a slot receiver from what I'm reading. Um, he's going to complement Woods and Cooper, but uh, he doesn't have top-end speed like what Cooks had, um, you know, who can kind of take the defense off uh, over the top. So he's going to be – he's going to have good hands. He's going to get separation, but he's not going to be breakaway speed. So they really don't have anyone that's on the outside that's going to burn a DB or get you a big play right away. He's – you know, their offense is going to be pretty much, you know – about five to 10 yards and then you're going to throw the ball, which is good for, um, which is good for golf. Cause that's what he does. Uh, you know, he, you know, yeah. if the offense is quick, he'll drop back, uh, go to his first read. If it's not there, go to the second one and he usually delivers it right away. But what defenses are noticing about golf, which is what I'm concerned with is if they have a secondary that can just play a good enough zone to where the, the receiver can't make a play to even get open, then golf's in trouble. He doesn't really do well when he goes outside the pocket um, especially if he, if, especially if there's a front, uh, front line defense that can really get into his face. Um, he really makes some bad decisions with taking care of the ball, whether that's either tucking and running, throwing it out of bounds, uh, you know, forcing the ball into a receiver that's double coverage. So those are the things about golf that really kind of concern me is I know that when there's a big debate about golf and Wentz when they were basically in the same draft, a lot of people th- thought that golf was the safe pick but Wentz is turning out to be the most talented one. And obviously it's showing with how, how well he does in, in Philadelphia. But with golf, one of the things that I'm concerned with, like I said, is, you know, when he reads defenses, it's more of a struggle. You know, if a defense just disguises themselves just right, golf's kind of in trouble and, and just kind of turns over the ball. But with Sean McVay, he's really simplified enough to where he gets that ball out of his hand. So if they can get that magic back I think that'll be great but I just don't know if their receiving court can do that even though they have Cooper Cup and and Robert Woods I just don't know if that is going to be enough for um for Goff to kind of get out of his funk that he's been in the last year 
Um, I do like that they picked up the um, Terrell Lewis out of Alabama as an outside linebacker. I think that's a good pickup. I don't think he's going to be the leader of the defense, but I think he's definitely going to be a, a very, very good um, coverage linebacker. And then they did pick up Terrell Burris too out of, uh, out of Utah in the third round as well as a safety. And I think that's a good replacement for Eric Weddle. Um, he's got a big shoes to fill though. So he's going to be more of in a rotation, but I, I do, I do like that pickup. I think he'll work well. I just think though, with where the Rams are at, they're a few pieces away from being back into contention in the NFC. So right now I have them at seven and nine. They're not going to be a fall off team, but they're definitely not going to be a team that you need to worry about in the NFC and especially in this division. And unfortunately, in my opinion, they are the weaker team in this NFC West, West division. So with that being said, Drew, who's your fourth place team? Um, I have the Los Angeles Rams as well, um, and I have them at 10 and 6. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are probably looking at this and going, oh, my God, 10 and 6. I mean, <laughs> you know, and honestly, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, man, I mean, where do I – who do I have them, you know, winning and losing? I, I mean, I have them – it's a fairly easy schedule. I mean, other than – they're in division games. Um, they have a fairly easy, I mean, with the Cowboys, I don't think the Cowboys are all that good. Um, especially, um, you know, their defense, I'm really worried about their defense. So I'm not Mm -hmm. high on them, but I could see the Cowboys, you know, beating the Rams. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, Oh no, but Mm -hmm. basically I see the Rams winning the games that they need to win. And I have them losing the games that they should lose. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I have them losing to the Eagles, um, Mm -hmm. the bills. I have them beating the giants and the Redskins. You know, I have them splitting games between the 49ers. Um, I almost had the Niners sweep them, Mm -hmm. but I just, I, I think the Rams and Sean McVay, plays Shanahan really well mm-hmm. um, over over I mean even last year I mean last year the Rams I think are worse were worse last year than they are this year and and I'll explain here in a little bit but mm-hmm. you know I then you see the Bears and the Dolphins I mean I guess you could say that could be a split between the Dolphins I have them beating them mm-hmm. um, you know splitting games between the Seahawks splitting games between the Cardinals so Basically, they split the whole division, mm-hmm. and um, you know they lose to the Buccaneers. And so, uh, I just—I don't know. I—it's not necessarily that I'm that high on the. I mean, I guess I guess I'm I'm high on the Rams. I get, I'll, I'll say that, but I just think it's they are in a good situation for. Um, they're in a good situation in their talking about their schedule. I mean, their schedule is fairly easy. I mean, they play teams that I don't see them winning games and then they play teams that I don't see them losing the game. You know what I mean? So for me, it's, it's, um, it's product of, of an easy schedule. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, I like the Rams to a certain extent, like you said, you named, you know, Cooper cup, who's good. Um, I think he's a very underrated receiver, Robert Woods, who again isn't one of those underrated receivers. And mm-hmm. to be honest, Robert Woods, without Brandon Cooks and with Brandon Cooks, he was pretty much the same. And same with Cooper Cup. The only thing is, Cup gets injured a lot, so you know, hopefully he can stay healthy for them. Mm-hmm. I like Jared Goff. You, you mentioned when he was drafted, Carson Wentz was kind of 
the other one that a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not sure, and Goff is the safer one. And I was one of those people. I was saying I would have drafted Goff. Now, Mm -hmm. I was wrong. Yes, Wentz, in my opinion, is a better quarterback than Jared Goff, Mm -hmm. but I don't think Goff is that far off. Um, To me, I think Jared Goff is kind of stuck in where where Derek Carr is stuck. And I think I kind of sympathize or empathize with with the Rams in that situation because everyone's like, oh, Goff can't get it done. And it's like, well, he had an MVP year. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was fantastic. The only thing was is it sucked because Gurley got injured and then teams were starting to kind of figure out Sean McVay. But I think Sean McVay is smart enough to understand, okay, these teams are getting it. Um, So I think he's going to readjust. He's got a whole new team. He's going to have whole new plays. I think this Rams team is going to be very underrated. Now, again, I was surprised that I had them at 10 and 6. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were like 8 and 8 or 9 and 7. But Mm -hmm. I do think they're going to go up from where they were last year, which was uh, 9 and 7. I mean, I think they're going to be around there, um, but I think they're going to look a lot better. It Mm -hmm. just sucks right now because they're basically, I don't want to say rebooting because they have the foundation, Mm -hmm. but um, they did have one of the worst offensive lines last year, and so that has beefed up. Um, They did lose Corey Littleton to the Raiders, Mm -hmm. uh, but like you said, they, they drafted the kid out of Alabama, so... Um, I mean, I'm not saying he the kid's Littleton, but I mean, you you lost a guy, so you added another one, and and that's that's good. I mean, that's really all you're asking for. Um, as long as the guy can tackle like Littleton, you mm-hmm. know, be just everywhere, um, I think the Rams will be okay. And like you say, with Eric Weddle, they lost him as well. Mm-hmm. But I kind of look at Eric Weddle, and yeah, he was he was smart, but he was he was so lost in coverage. I mean, not brain wise, but he just, he was not as athletic as the other guys he was trying to guard. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Eric Weddle, he's a, he's a smart guy. I remember watching him when he was with the chargers. Mm -hmm. Um, He bugged the living daylights out of me, but he is a, he was a good safety. But I think last year he was just kind of, in a sense, he was out of his element. You know, mm-hmm. he he was older. He was long in the tooth. Whatever other metaphor, cliche you want to put in there, he was just he was kind of done. And so it, it'll be now you're you're replacing him with the rookie. So mm-hmm. you're probably going to have some miscue um, issues. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, athletically, I think he can make it up. And so I think they might actually be better in the long run. Uh, with uh, with this um, with this kid uh, from Utah, I can't think of his name right now. You just named it, and I blanked. Uh, I'm I'm running on fumes, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, oh, Terrell, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Hold on, uh, Burris, Terrell Burris. Yes, Terrell Burris. So you know, I think he's going to actually add a lot, um, and he's going to develop during the year. And I think having uh, Jalen Ramsey you know, there as well, I think is definitely going to help him and mm-hmm. is also going to help. The, I think Ramsey went to the Rams and saw that basically they kind of, they kind of flopped. And I think he, he's in a, in a prove it year, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. so I, I feel like the Rams are a little bit underrated, but I also do think they have the benefit of a weak schedule. So. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. 
All right. Well, um, going to uh, our third team in the AFC West, Cody, who do you have in the third spot and what is the record and why? So I've got the Arizona Cardinals going 10 and six and finishing in third place in this division. Um, Honestly, the Cardinals were probably the most interesting team that I've studied in this division so far. Um, And the reason why is because I'm, I'm not a huge fan on their coach. If I'm going to be completely honest, he had a losing record in college. I feel like that the Arizona Cardinals try to get cute with hiring him, thinking that they found the next Sean McVay. And he's, in my opinion, unproven. I think you could have found a, a couple of more, you know, seasoned coaches that could have essentially given you the same, essentially the same, you know, outcome that you had last season going five and 10. And granted, they were competitive in the last seven games, but, you know, ultimately you still finished, you know, five and 10. Um, however, though, some of the, obviously the, one of the biggest transactions that they did is uh, they traded for DeAndre Hopkins. And I feel like, you know, you putting Hopkins in there with Kyler Murray, who, is only going to get better. I think we're all in agreement of that. There's no doubt that Kyler Murray is going to be a good player in this league and a good quarterback. Um, and not only that is he's very elusive and he, you know, he can run the ball if he needs to, but he's got a really good arm to kind of, you know, that he can rely on, which is great because the defenses now are going to have a hard time trying to figure out how to play him. And if you add someone of Hopkins caliber in terms of like his catching ability, his, uh, you know, route running, you know, just how he approaches the game. And then you have a veteran on the other side of Larry Fitzgerald. Now, granted, Fitzgerald is going to be more of a slot receiver, not an outside, but you still have that guy with great hands as well. I think each one of them have like one of the lowest rating, like drop ratings in NFL. And that's, I think, ranked one and two. And they're on the same team. So, you know, essentially Kyler Murray can throw it to one of those two guys and someone, one of them too is catching the ball regardless, you know, and, (laughs) and I think Fitzgerald also too being able to mentor Hopkins, even though Hopkins doesn't really need that much more help, but you know, who doesn't want to learn from one of the all-time greats, you know, I think is going to be extremely dangerous and so beneficial to Hopkins. Um, And a couple of things that the Cardinals did do is they did address the defense a little bit. They did uh, draft Isaiah Simmons, who's out of Clemson, outside linebacker, who's basically going to be their anchor in their defense for sure. There's no doubt about that. They still have Patrick Peterson, who's a cornerback, who's still there, a great veteran. Um, Some concern, though, is that obviously he's getting a little older, so how how high of a level can he continue to play, especially being in Arizona? I think this is going to be his 10th year. Um, And then you got – they drafted Josh Jones out of Houston, who was a um, top-rated offensive tackle, and I believe they got him in the third round. So they actually got a steal out of this player – he fell that low to them. And that's a really good thing to shore up that offensive line to protect Murray. So that way he doesn't have to run so much. But even if he goes outside the pocket though, you got to worry about Hopkins who can create separation and Fitzgerald who can do the same. Um, And so the Cardinals to me are just that team that their defense isn't great, but it's definitely something that you got to honest, you got to respect. Their offense is a scary one because not only do they have receivers, but they also have Kenyon Drake, who is a, pass catching running back and who can run between the tackles and even his short time with the Cardinals was pretty effective and now he's got a full year in this offense you know this Cardinals team could be a little you know a little interesting and if you're not careful if you don't respect them you're gonna lose to them and I feel like the Cardinals this year are gonna take a uh, almost a surprising leap forward kind of like what the Los Angeles Rams did um, during Sean McVay's first year and again I'm not saying that uh, Kingsbury is anything close to McVay, 
But I yeah. think that this team's talent is going to surprise a lot of people. But I think Kingsbury ultimately, though, is not the man for this job. I think the next coach that inherits this group of players, especially if this core stays together in, you know, Murray, Hopkins, Simmons, uh, Jones, and Drake, I think if this core, that core stays together and they get the next coach in there that's got some NFL um, experience other than Kingsbury, I think that's when they'll go to the next level. But I think the Cardinals are going to take a pretty interesting step forward to the point to where they are a team that will come as close as they can get to getting a wild card. And they're going to surprise a lot of folks, in my opinion. Um, I agree. Uh, I have the Cardinals at number three, and I have them, same record, 10 and six. Uh, last year, they went 5, 10, and one. And um, I think I, I'm with you. I'm not, as, I'm not very high on Cliff Kingsbury. I thought he was an interesting offensive guy. And, you know, as a, as a USC fan, you know, I was kind of excited to see what he could do for USC. I mean, he was a young and up-and-coming coach. He was one of these guys who uh, was going to, you know, you know, do this whole, you know, new college football age type uh, type offense. And so I was getting excited. And then obviously, uh, you know, he ended up taking the Cardinals job and, and uh, the rest is history. But, you know, for if i were if i were a cardinals fan i i don't think i would be super excited about the kingsbury signing um but what i saw last year uh, you know i'm not sure you could say that's all kingsbury and i think that's a little worrisome because i had the same feeling when it came to bill o'brien and like you know deshaun watson you know you're like oh you know that was man that was good and you're like mm, that kind of looked like that was more Deshaun Watson than anything you know what I mean yeah so um you know but you look at like Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick when they were a team I mean you could tell that hey you know Tom is playing off the fly but he's also playing off of what Bill has you know taught him over the years you could see the progression that Tom Brady had over the years I mean Peyton Manning with you know Tony Dungy uh, and you know, you with all these great quarterbacks, I mean, you you can see the progression. And with Kyler Murray, I I felt like I was still I was still watching him in college, but he was doing it with better players. And so, I, I mean, I think he stepped it up a notch. And I think Murray is a tremendous talent. I will tell you this, and. If my brother-in-law is listening, I made fun of him for drafting Kyler Murray because I was like, this Cardinals team is crap. Mm -hmm. And I was right that they were crap, but Kyler Murray was, uh, was actually really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I, you know what, I'm looking at, you know, their draft picks and stuff. Josh Jones, I can't believe they got him in the third round. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. I, I actually really liked him. Um. But, um, you know, I think that's a really good pick. Uh, obviously, the Isaiah Simmons pick, um, you know, the guy is an absolute athlete. I mean, everyone's like, well, he doesn't have a position and, you know, who knows what he can. Well, that's good, man. Like, you can mm-hmm. you can create something. I mean, you see how – I mean, you look at the games with Clemson and you watch Simmons. I mean, he's just everywhere. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he kind of looked like – uh, Luke Keekley, uh, type 
player well in college not necessarily in uh, no but i i agree with that assessment he doesn't he does seem like a player that could be a game changer yes to to the point of you know he could get up to luke keekley in the terms of he commands the defense you can tell that that defense is going to run differently when he's on the field and when he's off the field he's desperately missed but i agree simmons is going to be not only the anchor but he's going to be he's going to be the coverage back he's going to be the rusher he's going to be everything that that defense needs and is going to revolve around. So they they definitely got a really, really, really good player in the first round. Yeah. So, I mean, but for me as well, like, I don't think I'm that high on the Cardinals. Yes, they have great a great offense. And it wasn't the offense that was the issue. They did stall a few times. And that's where I'm kind of like, I'd like to see the progression of Cliff Kingsbury in that moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a just looking at his overall coaching ability, I'm not sure he can do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what scares me about this Cardinal team. But when you look at what they had and what they were doing, and even though they lost 10 games, I mean, it seemed like they were in every single game. Mm-hmm. And you could, and a lot of people would, would probably argue, um, well, you know, they had that tie and, you know, they couldn't get it done. Well, Kyler Murray is a rookie. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he was still learning, um, and he's still going to be learning in this year, but he's had a year under his belt playing professional football. Um, I like Kyler Murray. I, I did like him coming out. I don't, want to, I don't want people to think that I was like, oh, I hate Kyler Murray. I was, I was hoping that Kyler Murray went number one. Um, you know, I was hoping that Kyler Murray uh, was going to be the best quarterback coming out of that draft. And for the most part, from what I've seen so far, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's going to have to, he's just going to have to get a little bit better with his throwing, but he is actually very accurate. He does remind me a lot of like Russell Wilson. Like he really does. Yeah. He's got really good accuracy and he's a super talented runner. And not yeah. only that, just like Russell Wilson, he knows how to slide. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially with him not being so big, I mean, with with Lamar Jackson, you could say, well, you know, the guy's slippery. Yeah, he's got athletic ability, but he's a he's a tall guy. Mm-hmm. So you know, over time, he's probably going to bulk up a little bit more, and he'll be able to take more and more of those hits. Obviously, you don't want him to, but you know, you can look at it both sides. But with um, with Kyler Murray, he's a small guy. You know, he can bulk up, but you know, he's still going to be smaller than your average football player. Right. So, um, you know, he's got to know how to slide and he knows how to do it because he played baseball. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm really excited about this team. I thought it was a great move to go get um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, like I know how you feel the same way I feel. I kind of wish they would have held on to David Johnson because I'm actually this team with David Johnson. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kenyon Drake. I like him, but I think Johnson is a better running back. That's a debate for another day, but you know, I think you and I agree on that for yep. sure. Um, but you know, their issue last year was their defense, and that's where they got into trouble because that's where they had to tie. Mm-hmm. It honestly wasn't Kyler Murray. He wasn't like super bad. Now, 
there was a there was at the end of it where he was trying to drive down the field and they just couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could say that's play design. You could say Murray, you know, was a little nervous, whatever. But their defense. I mean, it was like a 34, 35, 35 game. I mean, it was it was something ridiculous. So, you know. They did bulk up a little bit on defense, like you said, with Isaiah Simmons. Um, they have, let's see, basically all of their picks except for two were defense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously they know what their weakness was. But the one thing that a lot of people don't realize, I think their defense was a little underrated. Mm-hmm. But I think a person who was the most underrated is Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. He was the league leader in sacks last year. Mm-hmm. No one talks about it. Why? Because they were five and ten mm-hmm. and one. So now the the products that you want in a football team, if you're a head coach, if you're a GM, whatever it is, yeah, you have to get the coach right, but okay, let's put it in the perspective of the coach. You need you would go quarterback first, then you would pay the guy who goes after and gets the quarterback. And then you pay the guy who guards your quarterback, or you can switch the the second and third guy. Mm-hmm. They have two out of three, and I would argue with Josh Jones. I really like him. I think he was very underrated in this draft mm-hmm. for going in the third round. I think now you have all three elements, and mm-hmm. I think this is now he has another weapon as well with DeAndre Hopkins, and he was doing it with Larry Fitzgerald. Who the guy is, you know, forty-five years old. I don't know, <laughs> and um, still, you know, dominating. I mean, he's still getting open, mm-hmm. still making those catches. I mean, uh, you know, I like Arizona. I think they're a very underrated team. I think a lot of people are writing them off because they aren't sure about Cliff Kingsbury, and I understand that. But you have to look at the facts. If you are a head coach, you have your quarterback, you have your left tackle. Um, you have your pass rusher. Those are your. That's your foundation. That's mm-hmm. that's what you need to start your team. And they have all three. And now your quarterback has a year of experience. And um, your pass rusher just came off one of his best years. And you get this rookie uh, offensive tackle, but you have DeAndre Hopkins, who's arguably the best receiver in the game right now. Larry mm-hmm. Fitzgerald, who's going to obviously be a hall of famer no question mm-hmm. so you add that together and that is that's a tough tough team and mm-hmm. Kenyon drake not saying he's a great running back but he will do the job that they need him to do that will help kyler murray It'll get that pressure off him a little bit mm-hmm. i really like this team i think the defense i think they did well with their with their draft picks and well with um you know who they want on their team uh, I think this is a very scary team. And just like with the Rams, they're going to win the games that they need to win and they're going to lose the games that they should lose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they're probably going to be a playoff team because with the playoffs expanded to seven teams, I think um, they will get in for sure. But I like the Cardinals, uh, if no one could understand or notice. <laughs> no, we agree on that for sure. All right. Well, we are going to take a short break. um, And when we come back, we are going to talk about our number one and number two team. All right, guys, that was a uh, that was a great public announcement by you. Thank you. I worked really hard on that, by the way. I know you did. (laughs) 
All right, Cody. Uh, so we talked about our number three and number four team. Now we're getting into the top two teams of the AFC West. So, Cody, who is your number two team, and what is the record and why? So the team I have going second in this division is going to be the San Francisco 49ers at 11-5. and five. Um, I think that uh, they had a fantastic year, of course, going to the Super Bowl, but I do think that they will have a Super Bowl um, – a Super Bowl hangover uh, in a sense to where um, I see their defense is still stout, but I see them splitting all games in this division, which means at best they'd go 12 and four. But I do think that they will lose a pivotal game in Philadelphia. San Francisco goes against Philadelphia in week four. I think that that's a game that they could potentially lose. It is in San Fran on Sunday night football, but also too, that they've got a uh, away game at, New Orleans uh, uh, just before their bye week and their bye week is week 11 uh, this year. So I I see them splitting games with all their team, with uh, every team in their division, because I, in my opinion, this, this is probably one of the toughest divisions that we have in football. I would, I mean, I mean, I would say that the NFC West and the NFC uh, South are equally difficult in terms of teams that are in their division that could cause problems for everyone in the NFL. But in my opinion, I think that the New Orleans Saints could be someone that really puts San Francisco either in a losing streak or is a great win for San Fran just as they come into the home stretch of uh, the last part of the season where week 12 they are in L.A., which thankfully is in California. Uh, They play at home home against Buffalo and Washington, go to Dallas, end the season in Arizona, and, and at home with Seattle. So, I feel like that the New Orleans Saints is someone that could give them their fifth loss, but also too they are playing a home game uh, against Green Bay on um, on Thursday night football, and defenses statistically don't do well on Thursday night football. So, in my opinion, I think that this team's going to go eleven and five. Um, I do really, really like their defensive draft pick in Javon uh, Kinlaw. I think that he is a great nose tackle that's going to basically replace Buckner, who they traded. Uh, the Arizona State receiver, I'm kind of a little iffy on. I feel like they reached for him, but you know, if he's a if he's a system guy, then that'll work great because um, they did lose Debo Samuel to injuries this offseason. However, though, they did trade uh, for Trent Williams and they got him from Washington, so they now have a very very stout uh, offensive line that is young that is going to protect Jimmy G, which is great. Which means the running game can can flourish and which also means that Greg uh, Kittle is going to probably get a lot more throws his way, especially if Garoppolo doesn't have Debo Samuels, which means he doesn't have his uh, burning outside receiver. Um, You know, Kittle's probably going to get a lot of looks, but I definitely think that this offense is going to take a step back. Um, I'm not sure about their running backs, to be honest with you. They don't really have a number one running back that, you know, you can hang your hat on. Sure. You have Merced that did well last season, but you still have, um, Coleman in the backfield you're going to potentially get um, uh, McKinnon back but how is he going to do with the offense since he missed all all last season with an injury Um, you know that whole backfield sometimes can go down with injury so there's not a real number one guy that you can rely on for you know for three downs and then give it to a third down guy to get you in short yardage situations so I feel like San Francisco is definitely going to get in the playoffs for sure I just don't think that they're going to win this division. I think that, unfortunately, that, like I said, they're going to have a Super Bowl hangover and they're going to just kind of um, fall back just a shade. Um, uh, and I think that, surprisingly, they took the league by storm, but I don't think they're going to do it a second time. 
Um, this is where we differ. I have the Seattle Seahawks at number two, and I love the Seahawks, and I think the record shows. I just think the Niners are a good enough team, and I'll, I'll get to that later. But, yeah, I have the Seahawks at two, and I have them at 12-4. and four. Now, I think Russell Wilson right now is the best quarterback in the, oh, I should say in the NFC. I was going to say in the NFL. I forgot about Mahomes for a second. <laughs> yeah, there's a dude named Patrick Mahomes yeah. out of Kansas well, I don't City. See, Have you I heard of him you, or not? <laughs> I see. I think you could make the argument, though, because both Wilson and Mahomes won Super Bowls. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, I like Russell Wilson. I like his mind. He's obviously, I mean, he's 31 years old, so he's been in the league for a while. I mean, nine years. Um. So I, I love Russell Wilson. I think he's, I, let's say this, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, I would agree. I think we have, I think I have him ranked number two in my top 10 heading into this season. Or I, think I, I, had, him, as well. I think I had him either number two or number three, I want to say. I'm pretty confident mine was number two. And and the that ranking is more going into next year, like, you know, Mahomes is going into his prime. Right. Versus Russell Wilson is probably at the tail end of his prime or, Mm -hmm. you know, close to it at least. So, um, but I I love Russell Wilson. I think he's going to be, he's one of those quarterbacks I think could play until he's 40. And the reason is, is because of his mind. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. just, he's so smart. Um, You know, you got Bobby Wagner, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was looking at Will Disley. they have uh, a gr- a really good, I think, an underrated offensive line. You have Potty and and uh, Dwayne Brown, who uh, they got in a trade with the Texans, which I thought was just a, such a smart move by the Seahawks. Seattle is so so underrated every time. I mean, they just added Greg Olson. We all know I'm really high on Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. I think. Having him number five, I do regret that, but I still think he is really good. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, do you you agree that you know I should have not had him at number five? Is that what you're saying? Well, just like just, just like I'm probably regretting that Rob Gronkowski's in my top ten as well. So yeah, yeah <laughs> um, we, we anyway. both have things that we regret. So, <laughs> uh, but you have you know DK Met- Metcalf, who I mean mm-hmm. I'm not saying looked fantastic, but he was really good. And this is an underrated, underrating, rated signing. There we go. Um, is Benson Mayoa? Now you may remember him. He was a he was a Raider last year, and he was really disruptive. I mean, he's not the greatest pass rusher, but he is consistent, and you can count on him. He is he's a guy that I think is going to really help them out now. He's probably, I mean, I'm looking at their their uh, roster here, and he's probably going to be the number one pass rusher, which makes me concerned because mm-hmm. the other guy would be a Bruce Irvin who also was on the Raiders uh, and the Seahawks before that, but, you know, he he's old. <laughs> you know, he's, not, older, he's yeah. not consistent anymore. Um, you know, Carlos Hyde. They just signed. I think that's tremendous. That's a tremendous signing going from Chris Carson to Carlos Hyde. I think Carlos Hyde is a really good signing for the Seahawks. Now you have a one-two punch that you can rely on, and then you have Russell Wilson as well. 
um, you know, obviously Tyler Lockett as well. So they have a really good team. Mm-hmm. And I think everything that makes this go, though, is definitely, definitely Russell Wilson. I mean, I don't think we would argue that. Russell Wilson, if he's injured, we can see the Seahawks team going from last year they went 11 and 5. I think we could see them going 5 and 11, you know? Sure. So, uh, Russell Wilson has been very consistent. He's been very healthy throughout all the years that he's been in the league. So, I love the Seahawks. I think they're a lot better than probably other people think. Uh, I only have them losing games to the Eagles, and then I have them splitting with the 49ers, the Cardinals, and the Rams. Mm-hmm. And just like what you had touched on is this division is one of the toughest divisions, and you know you can see the Cardinals, how they could beat the Seahawks, but you could also see how um, how the Rams could beat the Seahawks. You could see the Niners, but then flip it on that side, you can see the Seahawks winning those games. So it, it was hard for me to split some of these games, but I was just like, you know, I don't think, I think the Seahawks are one of those teams where they're good in the regular season, but they flourish in the playoffs. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they usually lose some weird game I'm sure it'll happen, and, you know, it would be funny if they lost to the Patriots because everyone would lose their mind. They'd be like, oh, (laughs) you know, because they're playing them week two, and everyone's going to go, oh, the Patriots, oh, they don't need Tom Brady. They beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And it's just like the Seahawks always have these random games where they just kind of – it's kind of like the Falcons, but, you know, not as consistently. It's just like always like one or two games every year where you're just like, oh, man, how the how in the world did the Seahawks lose? Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I, I think the, uh, the Seahawks are a fantastic team. And to be honest, yes, I have the Niners winning the division, but I think if the Niners and Seahawks went head-to-head in the playoffs, I would side with the Seahawks. And that yeah. might be, um, you know, clickbait. You know, I don't know what what the kids are saying these days, Um, (laughs) but to me, I go off of like, like I've always said, I always go off head coach, uh, quarterback and defense. And I like, I think Pete Carroll is more experienced than Kyle Shanahan. I like Kyle Shanahan. I think he's brilliant, but I think Pete Carroll knows what to do in crunch situations, and I think Shanahan is still learning, obviously. Mm-hmm. We saw it in the uh, – I was going to say World Suit. Good Lord, I need sleep. Uh, <laughs> and we saw it in the Super Bowl. you know. And then, obviously, I don't think anyone would pick Jimmy Garoppolo over Russell Wilson. And if you are, you're just – you're lying to yourself because yeah. Russell Wilson, you would take nine times on Sunday. you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, and then obviously I would I would probably go Niners defense uh, when you talk about defense, but two out of three, you're gonna go with the Seahawks. So for me, I think the Seahawks. I have no issue with you having them winning this division, but for mm-hmm. me, I just think regular season wise, they always kind of lose a few of the games where you're just like, why? And I mm-hmm. think that's gonna be the that's gonna be the um, the difference here. So Seahawks yeah. for me are the number two. So. Cody, we know who your number one team is, but why don't you tell us what you have them uh, record-wise and why? Sure. So I've got Seattle finishing at 
I think we agree on the same record at least, uh, 12 and four. So I have them only losing divisional games. And again, uh, honestly, that's kind of more of an outlier because there could be a case to be made that they could sweep the LA Rams with what I mentioned about um, how I think that the Rams are about a year away from being somewhat of NFC contenders again. But for, for the, just the sake of my point that I made earlier that I'll just say that the NFC West is going to be a wash. Every team is going to win one and lose one. I don't, I don't think that there's going to be a team that's going to go, you know, and, and win uh, all eight of their division games or, si- or go six and two in their division or whatever the case may be. I, I, I truly think that this division is going to be a basically a split between all the teams. And really, that's the only teams I see Seattle losing. And again, like what you just mentioned, Seattle loses those games where you find, well, why? And you can make that argument that they're going to probably lose to the Cardinals in Seattle for no reason. You know, it's like they're on a momentous, uh, they have momentum going into that game. Kyler Murray's been playing bad. And then all of a sudden they're going to lose or sub out the Cardinals for, let's say, the Rams. You know, one of those games that you expect them to win that they're going to end up losing. So, I see that end up happening, but there is a couple of teams that could honestly change the the dynamic of this that probably we should keep an eye on for sure would be uh, week 12 at Philadelphia on Monday night football. That's coming. Um, that's coming after, after a, a back-to-back divisional games uh, between the Rams and Arizona. So that could be an interesting game in Philadelphia. Crucial, probably playoff contention on both sides of that. Um, that's a game to kind of really keep an eye on. And then earlier in the season at week nine, they're at Buffalo. Um, and we agree that Buffalo is going to be a really tough team. Buffalo's defense is great. Uh, Buffalo is going to be a tough team to beat, especially at home. You know, Seattle's going to be on the road. That's going to be a, a very challenging game. Um, so I'm confident to say that they're going to go 12 and four. I really think that they're going to make a pretty big playoff push here. Um, and a couple of the draft picks that they picked up are going to be players that you they could easily plug into their offense or defense right now and get some serious production out of. They did get uh, Jordan Brooks out of uh, Texas Tech in the first round outside linebackers. So they're going to play him weak side. And Bobby Wagner's in the middle. So you know that that's going to be an all-time great linebacker mentoring this young linebacker. And he's, he's a very good coverage back, uh, coverage linebacker. So that's going to really help them when it comes to covering someone like Drake. Or, you know, if, uh, uh, if the Rams start using someone like uh, Akers uh, early on, you know, uh, Brooks is going to be someone that's going to be shadowing him a little, uh, pretty often. They did also draft in the second round or Donnell, uh, Darnell, um, or excuse me, not Darnell, pardon me, Daryl Taylor out of Tennessee in the second round. Uh, they also got a offensive guard in Damian Lewis out of uh, uh, LSU. And this is kind of a dark horse. I think that I'm going to just throw out there for, for you, especially Drew, because you did mention Will Disley as their tight end, along with Greg, uh, Greg Olson, who is still a good, tight end I think he's going to really fit well with this culture in this offense but definitely he's going to be uh, a liability with how injury prone he can be mm-hmm. this kid is out of Stanford fourth round his name is uh, Colby uh, Park Parkinson he's six seven so he is he is going to be a red zone threat the stats oh on him God. though the stats on him though is he makes the makes catches in the middle of the field has good good hands and he has speed 
to where if you put him on the outside, he can create separation from, uh, from uh, cornerbacks. So you can put a linebacker on him or you can put a cornerback, but most, what's an average cornerback in the league about, you know, 5'11", 6'1", 6'2", at most. So he already has a five inch advantage just off the line. And if Russell Wilson really wants to utilize him, go over the top of some of the defenses, it's a jump ball and he's going to get those 50, 50 balls. Unless you, unless this cornerback has a 45 inch vertical, he's not really catching Mm -hmm. those tall, those tall catches, you know? So I think that uh, Parkinson is going to be definitely a wild card and a player to kind of keep an eye on. And he's a rookie, so he's going to, he's going to definitely get a lot of coaching up from Greg Olson and Will Disley especially, so that's good. Um, but I definitely think that he's a player that people need to keep their eye on, especially how tall he is and what the, what the Seahawks are probably going to utilize him for. Also, I agree, signing Hyde was a great pickup, especially with uh, you know Carson, who's injury-prone, especially Penny, who's injury-prone. Carlos Hyde has been someone that's been very consistent and, you know, someone you can rely on. So that'll be great for their offensive line. Greg Olson's going to be a great veteran and going to be very productive. And also an underrated signing I want to mention is Philip Dorsett, former Patriot, former Colt, and was pretty productive during his time with the Patriots. And I can see the Seahawks use him in the same manner that the Patriots said. He's not a number one receiver, but he's somebody that is going to slip by the defense and he's going to create just enough plays and thankfully, with the Seahawks having someone like DK Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett, um, you know, and then some really reliable catch, uh, uh, catching tight ends, you know, this offense is going to be pretty underrated in the sense of they can move the ball and they're going to have a defense that could, you know, defend that lead if they get one, you know. And I will say, though, if there's a matchup between 49ers and Seahawks, I'm probably leaning towards the 49ers, especially if it's like a wild card or a playoff game, just because. I think Sam Fran's defense is younger, um, and I think their offensive line is a little bit stronger than whatever Seattle's going to throw at them just because they don't really have an a interior lineman that's going to penetrate you know, uh, San Francisco's offensive line. But um, I definitely think Russell Wilson could will them to win, and that's really the outlier is Russell Wilson. You know, Just like what you pointed out, they can either be a 12-4, and 11-5 team, or without Wilson, they are a – four and 12 team or a five and 11 team. And I will argue they can potentially go two and 14 because they have Geno Smith as the backup and Geno (laughs) Smith is not the quarterback you want as backup. I can tell you that. So, yeah, I'm with you. But so in my, in my opinion, I think Seattle is going to be the, the divisional winner that's going to go on. And in my opinion, they are the, they are the best challenger to, um, to Philadelphia in terms of being the top team out of the NFC. And also to San Francisco, who is the current NFC champion, essentially. I think Seattle's going to be the one that represents the NFC in this Super Bowl. I think that their team is that hungry. Russell Wilson, I think this is a big year for him that's going to, I don't want to say move forward, but this team has been knocking on the playoff doorstep like for the last five years. And I think that they've got a better and a more sound offensive team than even when they went to the Super Bowl. So I really like this team and what their potential could potentially potential, potential, potential. <laughs> I really like where they're going to end up at the end of this season. So, um, I don't have any disagreements. Um, I mean, obviously the only thing we disagree on is, uh, the spotting of, uh, the Niners and Seahawks and then basically the head to head, if it were in a playoff, uh, you and I are, are split on that, but, 
Um, I have the Niners uh, winning the division again against the NFC West. And the reason being is I think not only are the 49ers hungry, but I think Kyle Shanahan is very hungry because now he's had two Super Bowls in a row where he had a lead and he lost it. And he wants to get rid of that stigma. And so how do you do that? You come in full force into the regular season and just go all out. Now, I think their schedule is really favorable. Um, Just like you, I have the Niners splitting um, every game in their division. So, I mean, just like what we talked about. I mean, you look at the Seahawks, you look at the Rams, you look at the Cardinals. those Those are really good teams. And the 49ers, they have, um, they're in a tough division. And, you know, I think, I mean, I have them beating the Saints. Um, you could argue that the Saints could win that game. I, I have them beating the Bills. And the reason I have that is, first, it's in San Francisco. And the Bills tend to not travel as well. Um, and especially Josh Allen, I don't think could would be very effective against a 49er defense like they have. Um, but a lot of their games, it's just like the Cowboys, the Redskins. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think the Packers, I think the Niners just know how to play with the Packers, mm-hmm. uh, the Patriots, you know, the Dolphins. Uh, the Eagles would be a tough game. Uh, the Giants, Jets. I mean, it, it's fav- it's favorable for the 49ers. And, you know, I, I'm not a hater on Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think the Super Bowl really did show that this guy really has to go to the short game. That's, mm-hmm. that's his. I mean, obviously, yes, that's going to be a comfort for every quarterback but he does struggle with the long ball. He really doesn't want to risk it. And I think that is going to be his downfall. He's going to have to make some mistakes. He's going to have to throw that football. During the regular season, especially in the Saints game, I believe last year he had two interceptions against the Saints, but ended up with four or I I think it was five touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And Mistakes did come kind of late, and everyone's like, oh, man. But then he came back, and he knew what not to do. A lot of people view interceptions and go, well, this is – I mean, you look at James Winston, 30 interceptions. Dude, you're obviously not learning. Mm-hmm. But you look at, like, a, a Jimmy Garoppolo, let's say. you, you Any quarterback, any quarterback. Let's, just, let's scratch that. Any quarterback, he's got over 10 interceptions. Everyone kind of winces at that. They're like, uh even 16 picks, okay? Mm-hmm. 16 picks or lower, I think you're fine because you're averaging one interception a game. Yes, obviously, that you're making one mistake a game and, and the defense is, is getting that. But you also have to think about if you're throwing those interceptions, that means you are trusting your guys. Your guys are going to then respond with, okay, he threw that ball. Next time, I need to get that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... You have to show, and even the defense on the sideline, they're watching the quarterback going, this guy is playing not to lose. Like, he's just hoping that we get it done. Like, we can't do this every single game. And the and same as the offense. The offense is looking at this guy, you know, hey, he's not trying. 
you know what the hell you know you gotta you gotta show us what you can do man so i think if garoppolo really wants to um really have a good year i think he's going to have to make some more mistakes and it sounds crazy because i'm i'm saying he needs to throw interceptions but in a sense what i'm trying to get him to do is you know maybe force the ball down the field a little bit more i'm not saying throw a pick at you know from a three from the three yard line what i'm saying is you know go deep throw a 50 50 ball and your receiver comes down with it, you look amazing. And if he doesn't, you know what? You gave it a shot. At least you went downfield. You know, that's that's the thing that you want to see. You want to see these guys give, make the defense honest. And if the defense wins that, then you go, listen, I, I, I test them. They want it. So now I know what I cannot do, but I know what I can do. And then later on, the defense is going to like, oh, he's not going to throw that again. And then you can throw it again, and then you win. So... For me, I think Garoppolo is going to have to make these steps, but they have a fantastic team. Uh, I know Debo Samuel is injured, and I think he's going to miss, if they start on time, mm-hmm. he's going to miss um, uh first few weeks at least. I think he's going to miss like the first three maybe. I don't, I'll have to go check that, but... Um, with the with the 49ers, I think they have a favorable schedule. Um, you know, the division is tough, so that's where they're going to kind of hit some speed bumps. But mm-hmm. for the most part, this is a good defense. Now, I do want to... I'm going to put this on the record because I'm not afraid of it. Um, when you look at J.J. Watt and T.J. Watt, mm-hmm. you know, I think we... I, I think it, to me, it's safe to say J.J. Watt was still better than his brother T.J. Mm-hmm. Not right now, but in in JJ Watt's prime I think JJ Watt was more of a um you know blow up play kind of guy disruptor versus, yeah now yeah TJ Watt he he's got those he's got those spurts but there's every now and then where you kind of see him give up and with JJ he was so just I'm going to go for it I'm going to go for it now the reason I bring them up is because you look at Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa and I see the same thing with these guys, Joey Bosa, when he came in the league, he was a big disruptor. The next year, he was he was an okay disruptor, and I think Melvin Ingram really popped. And then last or um, not last year, yeah, no, last year, you know, Joey Bosa, he really didn't do much. And then I look at Nick Bosa, and honestly, Nick and Joey played the same. Now, the reason I brought up, like I said, J.J. and T.J. is you could see the differences. J.J. was a big disruptor. He was a guy who, you know, he was going to get the ball or tackle this guy with, with whatever means necessary. T.J. is more of a finesse, I'm going to get to the quarterback kind of guy. He's not really a, a guy who's going to just sniff wherever the play or the ball is going to go. Uh, he usually is just really good at pass rushing, in my opinion. I, he's a great tackle. I'm not saying he's terrible. I, I love T.J. Watt. I would love him on the Raiders, but mm-hmm. um, I'm, you know, we're just not that lucky. So, um, but with Nick Bosa, I think a lot of people are really high on him because of Joey. But if you look, Joey kind of he's kind of stepped back. Now, Joey, he's still a good pass rusher. I'm not saying if he were on the market, I the, you know. If I'm the Raiders, I don't go after him. Of course you go after him. 
You know, it's same with Nick Bosa, but I don't think he's going to have as much of an impact that he did this year that, that he's going to come up to uh, this upcoming year. I think Nick Bosa is going to slow down, and I think it is also because he lost to Forrest Buckner. It helps when you have another guy on the other side who can also rush the passer. And a lot of people, I'm going to set you straight, is Nick Bosa was defensive rookie of the year, but there was a guy in uh, Oakland who had more sacks as a rookie last year and made and wasn't on a great defense and still was making his impact known in um, Max Crosby. So I really don't think Nick Bosa is as good as what everyone is advertising him as. I think he's a really good player. I think he's a really good pass rusher. But for the most part, I think he really did benefit from having DeForest Buckner and having all these brilliant defensive minds around him now you kind of lose another pass rusher, so now the offensive line is going to say, okay, we're going to double-team you. Let's see what you can do. I don't think Nick Bosa blows up plays like Khalil Mack was able to do. You know, in double team. I mean, we, we've all seen the double-team on Khalil Mack, and he just splits it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it was so amazing when the, the Raiders and Bears played, and, you know, Khalil Mack was getting double-teamed and stopped, and everyone was like, what the heck? <laughs> Where did this come from? But, um, you know, I, I got to be honest. I know this is going to be blasphemy, and I know there's probably going to be people who are like, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. But let's be real. I mean, if Crosby were on the 49ers, I'm saying he would probably be doing the same thing that Nick Bosa is doing. I'm not saying Crosby is as good as Nick Bosa, but <laughs> Crosby was on a worse team, He was, and he was double team, and he still had more sacks than Nick Bosa did on mm-hmm. a better defense. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my two cents, okay? You can hate it if you guys like. I don't care. At me, bro. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm saying it. Nick Bosa, I don't think, is going to have a great sophomore year. I think he, you're going to see him step back, and people are going to be like, ooh, maybe he's not as good as we think. Mm-hmm. We'll see, because uh, with San Francisco drafting Kinlaw to replace Buckner, who knows? I mean, it could be the opposite where Kinlaw gets a lot of the uh, a lot of the pressure because Bosa is now getting a lot of attention because of his. Uh, I think it's safe to say a successful rookie year, even though he was named Rookie of the Year. Statistically, he wasn't the best, but you know, on a on a Super Bowl caliber team, you know, he made a, a huge impact. So. I definitely think that I don't know how much of a sophomore slump he'll have. Will he be, I I don't know. I don't think he'll be, I don't think he'll be someone that changes games or anything like that, but I can see him being, you know, a quiet 10 to 11 sacks um, just because of, you know, having Kinlaw and having a, a good, you know, linebacking core behind him and some pretty good DBs and one in Richard Sherman who may not be someone that's going to shut down like he used to, but he's so smart yeah. that, you know, if, if the interior line's not going to sack a quarterback within the first three seconds, the coverage sack is coming just because mm-hmm. those cornerbacks are really hard to, to, to break away from. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not disrespecting your uh, projection of San Francisco being number one, uh, super valid points, but, 
you know, we will see. I mean, you were just making the point that you, um, you know, in terms of Garoppolo, you're not trusting him down the field and, and he's not going to be chunking it, you know, huge yards. So I think with Seattle and how they're going to play, I think that's going to be, they're going to take a little bit more chances just because they're going to, they're, they're going to want to take the pressure off of their offense being so reliable on short yard situations. They're going to want to open it up to get some room for all the, for all those offensive weapons that they got. But, you know, this division is definitely, I would not be surprised if a Super Bowl team or another team representing the AFC, NFC West comes out of this division again. So that's how, that's how potent these teams are from top to bottom, in my opinion. So I, I should clear up. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm still very salty that, you know, he won defensive rookie of the year. I understand it. I do. It's not like I don't, but um, for me, I think everyone is hyping him up. Like he's, it kind of seems like everyone's hyping him up. Like he's going to be like the next JJ Watt, you know, like where he was just, I mean, JJ Watt, he was double teamed. He was, I mean, no matter what, I mean, he was just, averaging like 10 tackles a game and it's unheard of for a defensive lineman and for me I think Nick Bosa yeah he's good he's a he's a good pass rusher I'm not denying that um but I don't think he's this godsend I think he just fits for what the Niners are doing and I think if you saw him on another team you'd kind of be like oh you know yeah he's good but you know he's he's not what everyone kept saying Mm-hmm. So I should clarify that I he's a good player. I, I think he's still going to be, you know, around ten sacks. But I he had what twelve sacks this past year. Nine. I think he's going to drop down a little bit. He had nine. He had nine. Mm-hmm. He had nine. Oh my god! Are you being serious right now? The stats I read: he had nine sacks, thirty-three solo tackles. I think one force fumble and one interception. Oh my god, dude! You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> and kind of proving my point. And I just like <laughs> just for the record, uh, Max Crosby had 36 solo tackles, four forced fumbles, and 10 sacks, but he had no interceptions though. Man, I I guess I should have looked that up, but uh, I didn't oh, know. I was, to, honestly, I didn't know I was going to be really talking about that. In, in um, a full disclaimer, I was researching the stats as you were talking about those points. So I, it's not like I prep pre-show like way in advance. <laughs> so let's not think that I'm this uh, <laughs> extra credit, yeah. extra credit. Kid so he only had nine sacks. So that, I mean, man, that blows my mind. That makes me even more mad that he won. <laughs> but, um, no, but I mean, but seriously, I mean, he's a, he's a disruptor at times. I don't mm-hmm. think he's as consistent as what people think. Mm-hmm. He's not going to split a double team. Um, you know, he, like I said, he fits for what they're doing and you're saying Kinlaw. Yes, I think you're right. I think adding him that, that does help, but I think Kinlaw is a better run stopper than a pass rusher. So, and Bosa is the opposite. So yes, they will, um, you know, accent each other, but for, what I think a lot of people are hyping up Nick Bosa, I don't think you're going to see similar numbers, or you might. And to be honest, they're not great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you and I can agree on that. And I'm not saying, again, if the Raiders had the chance to draft Nick Bosa, I wanted him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. it's not like I'm sitting here going, I think Nick Bosa is trash. No, I, I like him. I think he's really good. But I think a lot of people are hyping him up more than what they should because he's, I mean, his numbers aren't really showing it. I mean, you could even, 
you could say, well, you got to look at the, you know, the deep uh, stats, you know, the, the pass rushes and, you know, the quick throwaways and stuff. Yeah. You can say that about really anyone in the NFL right now. Um, there's always going to be those guys. Max Crosby was another one of those. So, I mean, I like Nick Bosa, but I think they're relying on him too much, and I don't think they can, mm-hmm. is my argument. And I think that's where the Niners' downfall is going to be. Um, and just kind of, honestly, just looking at his stats too, I know I'm kind of going on a tangent here, and I know you're you're getting upset at me, but that's okay. <laughs> You'll get it right. But like the big games, you know, like the big teams, he's not really making an impact. He got a he got a sack against the Buccaneers. Whoopity-do, you know. <laughs> he got zero sacks against the Steelers. He got two against the Browns. The Browns had one of the worst offensive lines. Yeah, that's for sure. Two sacks against the Rams. One sack against the Redskins. I mean, no one's saying that the Redskins were a great offensive line either. Um... Let's see. I lost my... Oh, three sacks against the Panthers. That was without Cam Newton. Uh, one sack against the Packers. Hey, there's one. No sa- One tackle against the Ravens. One tackle, not even a sack. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So I think they're relying on... They're relying a lot on Nick Bosa, but I really think a lot of people are not in the understanding of that he can't be that guy. I think he mm-hmm. can be a guy, but not the guy. Um, so I feel bad cause I'm, I'm like really poo pooing on him, but, and I actually really do like Nick Bosa, but, um, I just think they're relying on him too much. And that's why they were like, Oh, we'll get rid of Buckner. Yeah. We have arm Armstead, but, um, we'll see. Um, but I, I all in all, I still have the Niners 13-3, and three, so, I mean, I guess I'm splitting hairs. But I don't know if they go back to the Super Bowl. That's my other thing. So, Yeah, you were just saying. Honestly, as I'm looking at stats right now, I think Nick Bosa probably won the defensive rookie of the year based on his playoff performance. Uh, he had uh, – uh, in the playoff game against Seattle, he had five total um, – tackles with one uh with no sacks in minnesota he had six total tackles with two sacks uh another sack with green bay and then a sack in looks like five total tackles in the super bowl so i think honestly it looks like he had five sacks in the playoffs when he had nine in the entire season so i really think that that's probably where he won it he had a sack against the chiefs he did he had one sack against the chiefs it says here in the on espn.com Oh, okay. I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. I but mean, anyways, yeah, with all that being said, I think it's, I think honestly the defensive rookie of the year is, or most rewards are based off of how far you get your team and playoff runs. True. And honestly, this is a whole nother debate for another show. Cause Sorry. we can go, no, no, we can go down a rabbit hole in terms of like, does this person deserve MVP just because their team got deeper in the playoffs and really this player is the one that anchors that team to get into the playoffs X, Y, Z or, you know, did that rookie really outshine this rookie, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just there's a lot of variables and outliers that really, in my opinion, should be factored in, but they're not. So it's just more or less who was the best rookie on the best team, and that's normally who wins it almost every year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get you. It's just, 
you know, especially as a Raider fan. I mean, it's just so frustrating because Crosby was just dominant. I mean, he had more tackles, more sacks, and it was just like, oh, Nick Bosa for sure. And you're just like, dude, what the? Crosby was a fourth rounder. (laughs) Like, are we kidding right now? So it's just, I don't know, it it bugs me. But, um, you know, it's not like I don't understand why he wanted. I know it's because... Yes, I think it helped where he was drafted. Also, I think it helped what team he was on, and they ended up going to the Super Bowl. But I think I just look at if that player wasn't on that team, how would that team still do? I think the Niners would still get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at, you know, if you took out like a Max Crosby from the Raiders, that defense would have been worse than what they already were. So for me, um, you know, I'm. I like the 49ers. I'm a little worried about their running back situation, just like what you said. Also, the receiving position, because now they don't have uh, – oh, no, I think they still do have Sanders. No, he went to the um, – He went to the Saints. Saints. Yeah. So, you know, I'm with you. I'm not really sold on the Arizona State kid. I think he's a good player, but we'll see. Um, But, uh, yeah, I – the the weapons for the 49ers this year I think are a little bit lower and I I think I think maybe I didn't factor in that too much but um you know that defense is still pretty solid so you know I I think obviously defense wins championships so I think the Niners are going to be uh, at the top towards the end yep I think so too all right guys well I think that's enough we're done here uh cody's already he's already checked out so he don't (laughs) he don't want to talk to me no more not true not true (laughs) no we appreciate you guys uh you know listening and uh showing up and you know just i guess bearing with us really uh we appreciate all the love and support that we continue to get on our social social media sites uh and all the listens that we get on the podcast so Thank you, everyone. Uh, We appreciate it. Um, And uh, you know what? We are going to be here next week, and we are going to be talking about our favorite division, AFC West. Cody, how are you feeling about it? Ooh, it's going to be a really, really good one. Um, I'm going to try not to let my bias, you know, (laughs) uh, let me say that the Raiders are going to go 16-0 and win the Super Bowl. No, don't curse us. Okay, fine. Should I go the opposite way, 0 and 16, and then that way it's that probably... way you have low expectations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that way the games won't drive you as nuts. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, because I I might need to take some like blood pressure medication before I watch the Raider games because like the last two seasons, if I were to watch them and I see what's going on, I'm like, my wife's going, "Why are you acting so nuts?" I'm like, "Cause John Gruden doesn't know what he's doing out there." You know, sorry, I know we're trying to end the show, but I have a quick funny story. I remember one time uh, I was over at, uh, at the time, my in-law's house, and my wife and I, we were living there, and uh, it was one, they're Rams fans, and so he was watching, it was a big Rams game. I don't even remember who they were playing, but they lost. I mean, they lost like last second, and it was, it was pretty brutal. And I didn't put myself in his situation, so I was like, and he was he was pissed. I mean, my father-in-law was just like, I'm, I'm done. So he went upstairs, and I don't know what he did, but then he came back downstairs, and like the rest of the day, everyone was cleaning something. 
so, and my wife was so annoyed and then I was like man what what's going on you know like and she was like oh it's because the Rams lost and I was like oh man I'll, I'll never do that and then like two years later I'm sitting at my house the Raiders lost last second I was like forget this man so I'm cleaning the house and I'm all pissy and my wife's like will you calm down and I was like oh, I'm just you know this house is a mess and blah, blah, blah. she's like no you're mad because the Raiders lost and I was like I don't like when you're right so, <laughs> so oh the struggle uh, yep I feel it <laughs> so. anyway so I feel your pain is what I'm trying to say well I appreciate that <laughs> alright guys well thank you and uh, I guess we're going to see you next week Hey guys, thank you so much for uh, listening. We appreciate it. Um, please subscribe to our major podcasts. Uh, we are on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, and Spotify. If you subscribe and rate and review on those, uh, that would be very appreciative. And uh, every little thing does help. And it helps us get better and it helps us get out there. So anything would be great. Also, go follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Drew Code Sports Talk. And also, uh, go follow Two Bays in a Pod, which is strictly on Instagram. And Cody does a great job on there. So, uh, you know, encourage him to keep doing that. Um, also, if you want to go check out some FNX Fitness uh, workout gear or uh, workout supplements, they have a ton. And as Cody mentioned last week, they have... Um, they have a big sale going on right now, so uh, go check them out, see what you can do, and we also can give you 15% off of your whole purchase on there, and Cody will explain to you how to get that. That's right, guys. So you're going to want to go to DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. On our homepage at the bottom of it is actually the discount code that you want to use, DrewCode15, and there's a live link that you want to click on that'll lead you directly to the website to go ahead and search up their website to see what uh, supplements they have, gear, sales going on and don't forget to use that promo code to get 15% off your total purchase. Also any of the podcast platforms that you listen to our show on, there are live links on our website. So all you have to do is just go to the icon, click on it and you can subscribe right there or you can listen directly on our website um, at DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. Um, Two Bays in a Pod comes out on Mondays. Drew Code Sports Talk comes out on Thursdays. We'd really appreciate you guys listening, rating and reviewing and also leaving us a topic or any questions on our website as well. So with that being said, guys, we appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you next week.